Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the AX Insider Podcast. My name is Andy Telejohn. I'm the senior writer at Airport Experience News. And today we're talking with Stuart Steves, the chief operating officer at Vantage Airport Group, who, along with that title in recent years, had been the CEO of LaGuardia Gateway, Gateway Partners, the consortium tackling the $4 billion overhaul of LaGuardia's Terminal B. Stuart, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm doing well. Thank you. Great. Uh, Stuart, a half a dozen years ago, if you'd used LaGuardia and state-of-the-art in the same sentence, folks might have called you crazy, but uh, sounds like you really pulled something off here. You've got a spacious check-in area, laser light show, perhaps most importantly, those sky bridges you were working on seem to have fit in place. Uh, what are you, uh, now that we're in the rearview mirror stage, what are you hearing about the work that you got done there? And uh, what are your feelings on how the project turned out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're not quite in the rear view, but getting close, getting very, very close. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly people thought we were crazy when we began this. It was quite the undertaking. And, and recall when the team came to New York to, to, to get underway, and, you know, some folks moved into town met their new neighbors and explained why they'd come to New York. And of course, the feedback generally was, you know, I hate LaGuardia. You know, I can't imagine, you know, you'll ever be successful and, you know, you're going to quit before you get done and all things such as that. So, you know, none of that's turned out to be true. Um, you know, we, we, we've we had an amazing team, amazing partners, work closely with the Port Authority under the, you know, the governor's leadership and vision. And we've achieved something that I think is really quite special. Um, and the feedback has been 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 excellent. Um, in fact, one of the, the measures of, of success for us is net promoter score. And so we started measuring net promoter score at LaGuardia when we, but a year after we took over the operation there, LaGuardia Terminal B, I should say. And the net promoter score was negative 50, which is, if you know about how that works, that's, that's really bad. Um, and uh, more recently, with uh, the opening of both of our new concourses over the last couple of months or so, we're seeing scores in the solid plus 60 territory, which is really good. You flipped uh, the script. We flipped it. Exactly. And, you know, our mission was to take that kind of, you know, I hate LaGuardia type feedback we got when we first came to the project into people who actually express a passion and a love for LaGuardia, which seems really kind of strange to imagine. But, but we're, actually, we're actually having that expressed by people. We're getting really positive feedback um, from the experience. I've been hearing it too, and I'm looking forward to getting out there. Uh, what are a couple of your favorite uh, 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 you know, new uh, attractions about the, uh, about the new building? Well, you know, I, I could talk for I could talk for a while about but all that happens there. But I think you know, importantly, as a customer comes through, pass you know, speaking of the passenger customer here, airline customers is a different segment. But from a passenger's experience, they really get an impactful experience through each step of the journey. So coming into the check-in hall, you know, large, airy, bright, you know, one of the world's largest mosaic tile walls, art wall, you know, that welcomes them into the building you know, suspended art integrated in the building. So it's a really kind of impactful experience. You know, then proceeding into the TSA checkpoint, same, it's kind of impactful as much as a TSA checkpoint can be. You know, there's windows you can see out to the airfield. You know, it's thoughtfully designed to manage acoustics to keep it quiet, so it's pleasant. And then you go upstairs and we've got this water feature with, with uh, as you said, you know, laser lights kind of on it, giving shows that, that highlight features of New York City. It's hard to walk past that water feature without seeing 10 or 20 people filming it on their phones. So that's been a real attraction. And of course, 
that's right in the middle of our commercial district, which is very intentional. So people kind of hang out and dwell in that space. And it's kind of this in-between space. It's, you know, it's, it's not gates and it's not security. It's this in-between space that we've created. You know, and then from there, people migrate over these passenger bridges or sky bridges, I think you referred to them as, which go up and over top of aircraft. They're taxiing below. So that's kind of a cool experience as well as you head to the gates. And then you just send down into the concourses where we've got feature zones and more art and lounges. And it's just the entire journey is, is kind of um, remarkable in many ways. You know, the views from the restaurants and what passengers kind of see and feel and experience. Um, it's not institutional. It's not... Um, like just a regular transportation facility. It's got a real kind of hospitality feel. It feels diff different, feels special. Um, and we've really taken time to, to manage the experience from both what people see, what people hear, you know, the experiences, the services, and, and the feedback's just been, been really positive. If you can make a TSA checkpoint experience uh, a relaxing and experiential part of a journey through an airport, uh, I, I will uh, I will definitely tip my cap. I'm uh, well. We do our best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned all of the different uh, partners that uh, played a role in this: uh, Skanska, Meridium, JLC Infrastructure, HOK, WSP, Parker's Parsons, Brinkerhoff. Uh, I think I got them all. Uh, if I missed anybody, I, I apologize. But uh, and you've you've kind of got I mean, this has been the model you've uh, adopted here in taking over a few of the uh, larger airports. Uh, uh, how, how do you you know these public private partnerships are becoming a little bit more and more frequent here in the U.S. And how do you get everybody on the same page and keep them on the same page throughout a project that size? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, these are all individual companies and they're all teaming up to, uh, on a massive size project. Uh, that's that in and of itself, itself has to be a pretty big undertaking. Well, you know, I think amongst the partner list that you listed, it's long, but there's actually a few others. Importantly, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, and also yes. all of our airline partners, the TSA, the FAA. So the partnership list goes on. And, and really that is the essence of managing these projects is really managing partners, you know, and even to continue expanding that list, those partnerships include local elected officials, um, advocacy groups, community groups, um, minority and women-owned business enterprises. You know, really, how do we embrace all of the kind of commercial partners, the, the regulatory partners, our operating partners in the building, our community partners, and, and undertake a process where we engage and collaborate and coordinate with all of those constituents over many, many years, um, you know, through the design, through the implementation, through the construction, through the operations. And, and I have to say it comes from a, a team that's willing to listen, who's willing to engage, um, who's compassionate, who's considerate, um, and really tries their very best to incorporate the feedback from everybody and everybody's interests and aspirations into the product. And that's that's not easy by any measure. Um, but I would suggest that in many respects is the most challenging part of one of these projects. A lot of people see a four or $5 billion construction project, want to know what the most complicated part was. And they think it's some technical kind of construction kind of thing. And there's a lot of complicated construction logistics as well. 
but I think really it's it's keeping all the partners aligned and, and heading the same direction. Um, and that's not to suggest it goes perfectly every day. Um, you know, we're all human and, and we, you know, misinterpret or make mistakes or try our best or can't keep everybody happy. But I think it's built on a foundation of listening and respect. And so, so that even if we have to go a path that doesn't line up with everybody's views, people understand and appreciate why maybe that path had to be taken, you know, and, and then we work with that partner on, on um, you know, mitigating whatever their impact might be. So, so that's just a long way of saying, yes, that's a very involved and important part of this, but it's really, it's, it's our job really in many ways is integrating. It's integrating across all those interests and, and all those elements, plus what we're trying to accomplish operationally, technically, financially to make it work. Um, and that happens at the planning stage. And then importantly, it happens all the way through the execution stage because a lot changes during execution and we need a team that can be responsive and work with the partners when what we thought was gonna happen doesn't quite happen and something else happens, we need to figure it out. Sure, sure. Yeah, I wasn't uh, wasn't trying to shortchange any of the other partners that uh, you were working with there. Uh, uh, I, I was getting at uh, mostly the the design and all all those mm -hmm. pieces, but uh, certainly uh, you're, you've uh, definitely got even more people to uh, to keep uh, happy throughout the process uh, as well. So this is Stuart Steve, COO of Vantage Airport Group. Uh, uh, you know, we all know that uh, you're never done. Uh, you're never done with a project at airports. There's always something, uh, something to be done next. What is next with LaGuardia? Where's uh, you know what's still got to be done there, or what are you what are you working to improve there next? Well, the, the project's getting the initial build out is getting very very close to complete. We've got about half a dozen more gates to uh, to open up that will be done so once we complete the ramp area where the original terminal building was demolished. You know, the last remnants of the original Terminal B or Central Terminal Building were demolished just only a few weeks ago. So the ramp is getting built there, we'll add on a few more gates, and then the entire airside experience will be done. Um, and then because of COVID, you know, I think people would understand a few concessions didn't get built out at quite the pace we thought they might. So those are getting ramped up now. So we, we expect over the next year or so, all the concessions will be built out. You know, we would have liked to have seen them now, but it, it wasn't practical for, for those investments to be made, you know, a year, 18 months ago in the middle of COVID. So a few more things to come. And then, you know, we'll get into the cycle. Everybody, every airport finds itself in every terminal, which is refreshing, reinvesting, yep. um, keeping up with technology and, and things of that nature. Uh, yeah, doing this during COVID, uh, if you didn't have enough on your plate before the pandemic got here, that uh, that had to throw uh, a few extra curveballs into the mix. Uh, were there any particular challenges you have, have had to overcome uh, outside of what you just mentioned with the uh, concessions being uh, slowed a bit at uh, times? Anything else that uh, COVID threw your way on this? Well, I would say that the one of the biggest challenges was COVID shut down the world back in March of 2020. And our biggest phase opening was in June of 2020, just a few months later. So anybody who's involved in this kind of project before knows that, you know, three, four months before opening day is when there's almost maximum activity on the site in terms of all the bits and pieces wrapping up. 
and almost every possible trade is on site, both completing the base building, all the tenants, the fit out art technology, you know, the airlines are starting to move in, all that's starting to happen at that moment when we shut down. <clears throat> so it led to enormous complications. Um, you know, our team was working with the TSA vendor to certify security equipment by Zoom, you know, never done before. We were working with artists who were stuck in Europe and couldn't actually come and see their art being installed. So again, managing that virtually. We had parts that were to be, you know, fabricated in Europe and assembled in China that were supposed to be shipped to our site that weren't going any of those places. You know, we couldn't even get workers to come up from Pennsylvania because, you know, even state borders, there was restrictions for a period of time in terms of travel. So a lot of work was done by the team in terms of being innovative, working remotely, um, getting special exemptions for, you know, as essential worker status for people to move around and travel. And, and, and you know, but just because we have exemption status to work on LaGuardia doesn't mean that, a, you know, a, a fabricator in Pennsylvania had exemption status to continue to function. <clears throat> so lots of complication around that. A team had to make a number of workarounds um, and accommodations. And of course, they're doing this while on the site, while working, because everybody went home, but we couldn't. Everybody was going to work every day under this, this uh, you know, in, in, a, in a time when there was a lot of fear and a lot of concern. You know, I think we're all still managing COVID in one way or another, but that was a time when there was a particular intensity to the fear and concern. So it was, it was a very interesting challenge to work through, but the team prevailed. We opened the, you know, the major phase on the scheduled time. And in, in fact, the entire project has continued to move on schedule. Yeah, it's uh, Zoom has allowed us to do a lot of things over the last couple of years, but it doesn't. Uh, you, you can't put up uh, put up uh, pilings and walls and roofs and uh, and all of that uh, over a computer. So uh, all all the more impressive. Uh, this is uh, Stuart Steves, the CEO of Vantage Airport Group, uh, working on the finishing touches of LaGuardia, uh, uh, the new uh, uh, the Terminal B at LaGuardia. But uh, that's not the only project Vantage and Vantage is involved in right now. Uh, you've got a couple other pretty big projects going on as well. I just flew through Midway in Chicago myself a month or so ago and uh, was uh, uh, surprised uh, when I got off my uh, flight, uh, my moving walkways were gone and uh, you got some uh, you got some new restaurants and, and the like up in their place. Tell me about what's going on at Midway and uh, uh, are, are even more of my uh, walkways going to disappear here? <laughs> uh, I, I guess I will trade, uh, I'll trade walkways for a place to sit down and have a drink any day. Well, I mean, I guess we can have a debate about moving walkways and who uses them and who doesn't and the space they take up and all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, I think we're, we're going through a redevelopment program at Midway in terms of the entire concession program. We're pretty excited about that in terms of refreshing the concepts. And yes, we are taking some of the space from moving walkways to make some of that happen. Um, but the, the response there has been fantastic in terms of the, the new offerings and, and the new mix of products. So, and, you know, that's and not just a midway. We're doing very similar programs. And, you know, and this might, might be jumping to your next question here. Uh, Kansas City, we're heading into a similar program there uh, with a concession um, redevelopment program in their new terminal. And much like in Chicago, really leveraging kind of local concepts, local experiences, local vendors, local partners. You know, that's very much how we, how we do it. 
you know, integrating across all those companies to bring the best of what the local community has to offer and fe featuring that in, in the airport. Um, another project we have on the go is similar. Now it's, we're after kind of work on our brand maybe because we're a Vantage Airport group, but at Philadelphia train station, we're doing something very similar and, and why not, right? It's still passengers and it's concessions and it's retail and the dynamics remain the same. They're just getting on a train, not a plane. Um, so we're just engaging in a project down there as well to do something very much similar. So lots of exciting things going on. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, uh, and at uh, in in Chicago uh, again, you're uh, you're partnering. You've got a couple of uh, of good sized partners there too. SSP America on the food side, Hudson Group on the retail side, uh, and uh, you know let's uh, let's. Talk a little bit about uh, you know I joke about the moving walkways, but uh, you know certainly there's there's a a debate uh, ongoing debate about use of space for uh, for uh, you know concessions and revenue generating uh, activities versus something like a moving walkway. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, you know what goes into those discussions and some of the decisions that would. Uh, go into, you know, making a switch like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when we when we look at these airport developments or in the case of Philadelphia, the train station, you know, really what we're trying to accomplish is at the end of the day is, is create, a, create a customer experience and create an excellent environment. And how is an excellent environment determined? Well, it's determined by the customer. And, and I think we're all used to, you know, be it, you know, ACI's ASQ surveys or JD Power, or USA Today, Net Promoter Scores, whether an experience resonates with the passenger or the customer is determined by the customer. Mm -hmm. So what does a customer want? And we evaluate this constantly, but our general philosophy is that somewhere, you know, you come to an airport, you have to do the necessary things, you know, check in, drop your bag, you know, depending on what you may have may not have done at home before you got there. You have to go through security in some form. Once you're past that until your flight boards, it's now personal choice. So if somebody is attracted to what the airport offers along that journey, be it food and beverage, a bar, a service, an offering, be it art, a special feature, an entertainment zone, if they're attracted to something that interests them and they don't go immediately to the gate, then they're probably pretty satisfied because they've made a personal choice to do something that interests them. And even those people who go directly to the gate are probably more satisfied too because there's less people there with them because other people have been diverted along the journey. So that's what we're trying to accomplish is get people or provide people rather the opportunity to do what interests them personally so they have a satisfied experience when they're in the facility. And really that's what we look at. So when we look at how we use space and how we allocate concepts and where we place those concepts, it's all around creating the maximum positive experience for our users. Mm -hmm. And if they have a good experience and they're engaging commercially, well, all the better, because you know we are at the end of the day, a business. Um, so that's really what we're trying to achieve, right? And I, and I should just add to that, you know, we're all different. The, the, the demographic spectrum of people who go through an airport is wide and diverse. And even any one of us is different on any given journey. You know, if we're traveling for business, we may have entirely different needs than if we're traveling with our family. Like, as I used to say, my kids are a little older now, but I used to say, you know, if I was traveling with a colleague, we might want to go for a hamburger and a beer somewhere, right? If I'm traveling with my kids, it's all about chicken nuggets. You know, so, so 
our demographic shift and for somebody to be satisfied and have a good experience is to provide something that meets their needs in their travel moment. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I, I mean, I, I was joking around about the, uh, the uh, walkways a little bit. It's just, uh, it, it's, uh, it, it was just, it was kind of a, it was a, it was a big change uh, getting off the plane the first time and, and, I mean, I've flown through Midway enough where, uh, you know, typically uh, uh, had a pretty good idea of what to expect when I got mm-hmm. off the plane. So it was uh, it was different. But uh, on my on my return flight, I, I did sit down at, at one of the uh, one of the bars there, had a quick lunch. And uh, the, the a couple of the concepts you've got there, well, I was reading some of the art on the walls and whatnot. It, it made me want to, you know, come back to Chicago and hang out and find the places, uh, the, the corresponding street locations and, uh, and things like that. So uh, uh, it was it was definitely a, an, an interesting, uh, an interesting experience uh, there as well. Uh, so, uh, yes, uh, Stuart Steve, COO of Vantage Airport Group uh, with us today. You mentioned Kansas City. Uh, and the local program that you're starting to put together there late last year, you got word that you were selected for that project. How is that going? Where's that at? And can you touch it all on, you know, strategies for finding the right local partners to, to bring into an airport uh, like that? Well, I mean, as you know, the terminal's being, being redeveloped out. And so we're a partner in terms of now procuring and, and sourcing concessions, many of which have already been identified and then working with those partners and, and the fit out and such in the terminal for, for opening day. So, um, you know, in, in terms of the uh, the secret sauce there, in terms of how we identify partners and such, you know, it's it's very much a, it's a community effort. And I think that's really our focus is how do we um, engage the local community, engage concepts that the community will appreciate, you know, often mixing in a combination of some national concepts and brands as well. But, reflecting the community and we think that's important an airport shouldn't just be a generic institutional place it should really reflect the spirit and the charms of the local community through its concessions through its service offerings offerings through its artwork um, through its architecture you know and that's something we try and contribute to wherever we go Stuart, you mentioned uh working with a lot of uh local companies and uh bringing the local flavor to the airport uh, you know, historically over the years, a lot of the companies that uh, come and provide some of that local flair in airports are, are smaller businesses, uh, oftentimes not a whole lot of experience in airports. Uh, and is there anything that uh, Vantage will do uh, to work with those companies to kind of give them uh, an idea of how the airport industry works while they come in and help you provide some of that local flair that uh, you you referenced. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we work with local and smaller businesses, both on the concession side, often sometimes on the construction side as well. And we really, we look at the local environment, what the circumstances are, but we will assist right even from the procurement stage in terms of standardized or simplified procurement processes to make it accessible for local companies. Um, we will then assist with, you know, maybe partnering opportunities. Sometimes we do speed dating where local companies can meet larger, more established companies, kind of speed date and join up. But, you know, that's not always the answer either, because sometimes we want local companies to have direct, um, you know, lead opportunities or prime opportunities right in, in, in the terminal. So, you know, then our team on the ground, we have a team of people who are expert at this and we help 
the company with, you know, it's construction work, it's operating work, you know, because there are realities. I mean, the logistics of getting goods in and out, employees in and out, security passes, these are very different than, than running these businesses, you know, somewhere else in a city. So we help with that. And we really, we, we tend to describe it sometimes as incubating. You know, how do we help somebody incubate their opportunity at an airport? And that can even involve um, like no capital requirements where we have maybe a larger department store style retail opportunities as an example that are run by more established um, uh, operators, but create incubation opportunities for local uh local uh, stores and shops and service providers to come in on kiosks and things of that nature with a very low barrier to entry. And then if they do well, they can graduate up and take on their own, you know, larger carts, kiosks, or even storefronts. So we look at multiple pathways to, to bring local businesses in. Um, it's not a one size fits all, you know, it's, it's a, it could be a range of incubation to joint venturing to, you know, cart locations on the floor or embedded in larger concepts. We really look at a range of opportunities and then creating, you know, funds and things of that nature, your programs to further uh, support and grow. So we just try and take an innovative, thoughtful approach based on the local circumstances, the local community and what the particular needs are. Sure. Okay, great. Uh, so we uh, talked a little bit about COVID and the impact it's had on uh, on. Uh, the LaGuardia project. Can you talk a little bit about just uh, how Vantage is doing in light of uh, the pandemic overall and, uh, you know, what you're seeing right now, you're working on some big projects, uh, uh, how the pandemic has uh, changed, what airports are looking for, uh, you know, any, anything that you can uh, uh, get from that based on what you're working on so far uh, in the new reality. Well, it, it's been a tough time for everybody. You know, I think we all had to kind of pull back and, and save costs and, and, and do whatever we could do to get through. And, you know, fortunately for Vantage, we managed through, you know, as, as well as, as we could hope in, in the environment. You know, I think we're all looking at when is the recovery, you know, fully complete. I think, you know, the general view is maybe 2024 or something like that, but it depends if we're talking business, leisure, international, domestic. So it affects all of our airports somewhere, somewhat differently. You know, I think what we're seeing is a lot of volatility. That's probably one of the biggest challenges we're managing right now is volatility. Because we'll go from, you know, a holiday weekend when there's all this pent up leisure travel demand that'll that'll be more than 2019. Um, and then the middle of the week when it used to be business travel is like 40%. So you have this massive spikes in, in, in traffic and it's just really hard to staff and operate a facility, you know, through through those those moments. You know, and that, that's not just us, it's our airline partners, the TSA partners, where you have these kind of shock loads and then, and then, then these kind of shadow moments where there's not a lot of traffic. So managing through that as everything stabilizes out. Um, but it's, it's been a tricky time. I mean, it's been a tricky time for industry and I think it will continue to. <clears throat> I think one thing we're kind of seeing is that, you know, there's a lot of discussion early in COVID that airports have to be redesigned, allow for more space and social distancing and all these kinds of things. You know, human behavior is what human behavior is. I mean, we're just seeing people are packed in, lined up, just like they've always been. Even when we give them the opportunity to space out, they just don't. So I don't think that'll actually be our reality. So thankfully, um, but we are we are looking forward to when when there's a more regular tempo of traffic that we can and a bit more predictable. You you thought uh, you thought that uh, building Laguardia to fit uh, into that tight space was tight before we had social distancing that uh, trying to get everybody six feet apart in that space uh, 
that that would have been an interesting one to overcome. Uh, Stuart Steve, COO, Vantage Airport Group. Uh, you've answered my questions. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, I, I think I think it's. Uh, I appreciate your your time and your questions, and and I think it's we're in we're in an interesting sorry interesting space right now. It's it's been interesting time behind us. I think we've got an interesting few years ahead of us. But there's there's lots of opportunity. I think lots of opportunity to to make our airports uh, better and more customer centric, and that's what we're focused on. Good to hear. Thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Thank you.